Well, welcome to Aspen Chapel on today, Mother's Day. And today we're going to be, as well as celebrating Mother's Day, we're going to be looking at the nature of the feminine and how a lot of the time in church life, everything is very masculine and the influence of the feminine. We're going to start with a reading from Proverbs 8. This is a description of wisdom. It's from Proverbs 8. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. For my lips detect wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them are crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge, rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Thank you, Jane. Now, did you spot the, uh, the important word in all of that? She, thank you, yes, she. Wisdom, that was from the Old Testament, and wisdom in the Old Testament is Sophia. That is the word that's used, and it's the feminine wisdom. And I think it's really interesting that wisdom is feminine in the Bible when so much of everything in spirituality and church is masculine right the way through. And so today... On Mother's Day, what I want you to do is just to look at the nature of the feminine, the nature of the divine feminine, as opposed to always being at the masculine. And, you know, the whole issue of gender is so important at the moment. I mean, for once, in the first time in, in almost in history, we're beginning to recognize that gender is something that is individual, that is something that is not fixed, that is something chosen, that is something recognized. And specifically in our spirituality, gender has been fixed. It has been positioned. And I think that, you know, it's important, you know, to look at how that has come about. I mean, traditionally, God, let's say, you know, when we say the word God, he's an old man in the sky, basically. And for thousands of years, that's what God has been, an old man in the sky with a long beard. And it's pretty much dominated the way that we look at the authority 
of spirituality, that image. Until recently, only men could become priests, and the language of religion is predominantly male. Most of the imagery is male, God is male, and the overall character of what we do, it's all about ideas. It's all, you know, the whole way that we do all this stuff, you know, you know, there's no, it's all about, you know, believing in ideas, all up here, male. You know, if you look at some of the words in the, in the, the traditional liturgy, you know, when, they, when you have the, um, uh, the sort of confession, it starts, dearly beloved brethren. What about the sisterin? Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moves us in sundry places. What is man that thou art mindful of him? It's very difficult when you, go through these things. I said, when I do quotes, I, even from people like Sir Thomas Merton, I had sort of the woman bit in because I think that he would have wanted it nowadays. But it's all about men, you know. And the creed, through him all things were made for us men and our salvation. He came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit to become incarnate of the Virgin Mary. Ah, alas, the woman <laughs> mentioned. Virgin Mary. And that maleness has had a huge impact on Christianity, the way that we worship, the way that we see God, and our, you know, the treatment of women, particularly spiritually. I mean, look at the whole witch thing. That is a, you know, about keeping women down, about making it so that men are in charge rather than the emotions or the sensitivities. But, and yet when you look at it carefully, you know, God created man in his own image, his. In the image of God, he created them. But male and female, he created them. And thus says, Lord, behold, I'll extend peace to her like a river. And the glory of the nations and overflowing stream. And you shall be like a nurse carried on a hip. And so there's that image of mothering that is through the Old Testament. God is as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. So there is that imagery there of the mother, if you're willing to look at it. You know, God is actually seen in Isaiah as a woman in childbirth. For a long time, I've kept silent. I've been quiet and held myself back. But now, I am a woman in childbirth. God as a woman. And so there are those hints. Julian of Norwich says, God is the true father and mother of nature. God Almighty is our loving father, and God of all wisdom is our loving mother. My Streckart says, we're meant to be mothers of God, for God is always needing to be born. So there is that male and that female. God is not just a he. And I remember once when I was in England, my mother, peace be upon her if you're watching, my mother was watching, <laughs> was, was watching me doing a service in England. And I did my usual thing of saying, you know, what about God? Well, she may be this. And my mother came up to me and said, did you actually say she for God. I didn't know if I heard you right, you know, but it's so natural to look at it as being he all the time. And often God is referred to as masculine to reinforce the patriarchal nature of society. It's part of it. You know, men are physically stronger. The intuition and wisdom of women, no uh, news to us all, the intuition and wisdom of women tends to scare men. And so the methods you know, of keeping women down include religion and maintaining the status quo. And you see it in all societies. It's right across the, you know, across religions, you know, women not being educated, you know, Afghanistan, 
right the way across. It's that fear of that Sophia. That's what it is. It's the fear of the Sophia. And the issue of gender has become increasingly blurred. And I think, thank goodness, in our, you know, some of our Western societies, it's, it's really starting to come out in the open. You know, if you look at the feminine, you know, the feminine is made up you know, of both a socially defined aspect of feminine and biologically created factors that makes it distinct. And, you know, we look at feminine characteristics and they're, you know, they're looking at feminine characteristics as really depending on whatever context you look at it. I saw some things on the internet saying, you know, do we really have to, on Mother's Day, preach from Psalm 31 saying the woman should be, I think, fragrant and, and, and should be, you know, obey God or whatever it is. And, you know, the creative of the feminine is so important and that creative is in us all, as is the masculine side of things, you know, the traits of courage and independence and assertiveness. And these traits are also located within us all. We both hold the masculine and the feminine within that. And, you know, we need to recognize that within us all. We need to be willing to have the feminine traits within us if we're men. And we, we need to recognize the male traits within us if we're, we're women. And we need to allow people to choose gender. We allow, allow people to identify with wherever they particularly are. And so we come to to that reading that Jane read, the Sophia does not wisdom call out, does not understanding raise her voice. It is that fundamental wisdom that's there. For wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing can compare to her. It's a she, it's feminine. And we deny that wisdom at our peril. And we're here to remember that. You know, on Mother's Day, it's so important to remember that creative birthing force that's within us all. Notice the muse is always feminine. An artist's muse is always feminine. In mythology, the muses were the nine goddesses who symbolized arts and science. And also remember last week, those of us here, we talked about the Gaia theory, the idea of the earth as a goddess, a mother of all birthing everything and everyone, and us as human beings being the flower of the earth. And there is that earth image there. And so I think it's important to say the feminine is key to our understanding of spirituality. It was interesting that it's the women that stayed by the cross. It was the women that ran to the tomb first. It was to Mary that Jesus revealed himself first of all. And we carry that responsibility for birthing the spirituality. Francis of Assisi says, we are the mother of Christ when we carry him in our hearts and body by love and pure, sincere conscience, we give birth to him through our works. And I love this quote from Meister Eckhart. What good is it to me if Mary gave birth to the Son of God and I, 1,400 years later, do not give birth to the Son of God in my time and in my culture? And for us to give birth we have to recognize that sensitive feminine side of us. The poet Adrian Risch says, we think of civilization as having been built by men, but in creating a situation to which they could mature and rear infants safely and effectively, women became the civilizers, the inventors of agriculture, of community, and some maintain the birth of language itself. And that lovely quote from the Dalai Lama there, The Western women will save the world. 
you get that, you get that feeling. You know, male politicians, you know, you, you get that feeling they're not necessarily going to save the world. The, the Dalai Lama, I think. <laughs> and notice some female politicians are very male indeed. I mean, Margaret Thatcher, you know, from England, was the most male person you'd ever like to meet. If you look at her, her cabinet, it was just her and all these men. And when they had, the, you know, caricature service, she was always dressed in a suit. And she exhibited male characteristics, although she was a woman. I say the Dalai Lama doesn't mince words when it comes to women. He's said on numerous occasions that he inherited his prodigious compassion from his mother. He believes that women with their nurturing instincts are naturally more compassionate. And he wants to see more female ministers of defense. And he's delighted that Spain has a female minister of defense. He says, if wars are a fact of life, then it would be better if women were in charge, according to him. Since they're more likely to emphasize with those who suffer during conflicts. And so on this Mother's Day, we have to take our responsibility as mothers, all of us, to give birth to peace and justice in the world, to care for the sick and be sensitive to the needs of others. And male societies have sort of got us pretty much this far. And really, to go any further, it's really the feminine wisdom that has to take over and weave the bonds that will connect us all as one society. And to a large extent, a lot of it is up to us men to develop our feminine side. You need to be willing to do that. And it means, as men, giving up our desire to be right all the time. I love that, that story uh, of the uh, person who came up, and it was their wedding anniversary, and the man stood up and said, uh, you know, we've been married now for 30 years, myself and my wife. And uh, when we got married, we decided that... Uh, as a man, I would make all the important decisions in our marriage. And my wife will make all the less important decisions. Just seems to me over the last 30 years, there have been no really important decisions to make. <laughs> so, so I think, you know, <laughs> women do know what they're doing. But we do have to give up our desire to control, you know. We do also need to become more vulnerable. I, I'm particularly, you know... I haven't cried since I was 12. And that's a decision somewhere I made in my life that I was not going to emotionally open myself up. I'm sure it will come very soon. So When I start blubbing up here and I don't resist it, it's because I think, oh, great, I'm crying. <laughs> but no, as men, we've got to, you know, that actually willingness to be vulnerable. And I'm talking to the men here now. It's so important, you know. And we have that huge desire to win approval all the time. That's another thing. You know, in politicians, it's the same. The desire to control, win approval, not to be vulnerable. I know there's a women's group that started up in the chapel. And I, I know that, you know, we really ought to start a men's group up as well. You know, to talk about... Because these are the important things. It's not until that we're willing to do that. And it applies, you know, in family life. It applies in friendship circles. It applies in our community life. And it applies in our political life. You know, look at all the maleness that's been exhibited through all of that. And really, on Mother's Day, we really want to ask 
for that feminine to come through us all. And as a community, it's important that, that we lead with that and that we're willing to give up control. We're willing to be more sensitive. We're willing to give up the desire for approval. I think that's it. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's pray. And we do think particularly today on Mother's Day, for those having a difficult time, we think of the Sheridan family. Think of all those who've lost their mothers. And we pray for them, the emptiness. Particularly think of all those, particularly women who are not able to have children and the pain in that. And not had children and wanted them. And we ask for comfort there. And those that can, we give thanks for our mothers who have been brought into this world and nurtured, looked after, cared for. Ask that we may open ourselves up to look after and care for those around us as well. Particularly think of those that we're thinking about at the moment in difficulty, we think of Patricia Hill, Lucy Crichton, Barbara Orcutt, Georgia Ortis, Will Welsh, Philip Hodgson, Kim Rogers, Critchell Bryce, who's in constant head pain, and Tulisai Wilkinson, suffering financial hardship at the moment. We pray for all of them. And we offer up our community here at the end of the season. Give thanks to all who have come and all who are going to come. Pray for peace in the valley. Pray for our country at this time of political upheaval. That you will send compassion and love into the hearts of our leaders. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.